This is the DJ Spider Podcast. Presented by BeatSource. All right, we are here. First podcast of the year, 2024. Welcome to the DJ Spider Podcast. Presented by BeatSource. Let's go. New name, same team, same mission. Okay. But we are here with a special guest. He's headed back to Africa tonight. But he's here with us in Beverly Hills today. Fully focused. Make some noise. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you for being the first guest on the new podcast name. What's the champagne? We, you know, pop, pop. It's popping. We need sound effects. Yeah, just put emojis and sound effects. Yes, come on. Let's go. Pop, pop, pop. (laughs) But yeah, thank you for being here. Thank you. And uh, taking the time before you head out, uh, I know you were here. It's Grammy weekend here in L.A. Yes. Um, While you're listening, you're probably in a safe, dry place, I hope. But Mm. we're in a wet, crazy L.A. right now, okay? Somebody said it doesn't rain in Southern California. You know, that was... We need to rewrite that. I think that that song came out in the late 80s. So (laughs) uh, at that point... We hadn't had as much climate change. We need a DJ remix that says, it does. <laughs> it does. <laughs> it does. Yeah. Just, just yeah. dash. It just does. edit that, please. <laughs> um, yeah, it definitely does. It's crazy. I was driving through mudslides and everything. But we're here. Man. You know, it doesn't matter. We're going to make this happen no matter what. Pleasure to be and, here. And uh, yeah, thanks for being here. Um, so uh, yeah, what are you here for the Grammys? Yeah. So um, initially I was... I have an artist, I have a label, which we'll talk about later. Yeah, and we definitely got to get into yeah, that. We were, I was trying to bring that artist out here, but you know, she didn't get the visa on time. And so I said, okay, I don't need to be in LA and that kind of thing. And then I woke up on Wednesday morning and I think- You woke only, up where? In Nairobi? In Nairobi. In Nairobi, Kenya. <laughs> Sorry, I woke up on- Mind you, he's not in Seattle. <laughs> in Nairobi, Kenya on Wednesday morning. And I think I had one scheduled shoot the next day that was pushed the next week. And I was yeah. like, well- that goes the main thing that I was staying here for since it's not, I decided, well, why not, man? So I bought my ticket that day for leaving that night. On Wednesday morning, was leaving at night. Incredible. And bought it and I was here, got here on Thursday and, uh, you know, got to experience a lot of great things. Also, side note though, I had been invited to a few key events like YouTube right. had invited me and um, Empire and that kind of thing. So, But initially I was going to come from artists. Since that didn't happen, I said, you know what? I might as well just come and check it out for myself. And I think it was it was a, it was a great decision. Um, and and a lot of great things happened this weekend. And I'm going to use a side story. Yeah, please. When the Berlin Wall was about to come down, yeah. one of the first people who got that notification was Dan Rather, remember from CBS? Yep. And a bunch of reporters got, like something was about to happen. Right. And all of them were like, oh, I don't think anything's going to happen. They didn't go. Dan Rather was the only person who went there from all the major networks in the U.S. Wow. So when he was coming down, he was on breaking the news to all of America. And he said something I'll never forget. It's always a mistake not to go. That's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> That's absolutely perfect. And it feeds into, I mean, we, you know, we, we were talking a little before we started recording, but. It's almost like uh, Hove was speaking to you. Mm, yeah, <laughs> His for sure. speech personifies, you know, elements of what you're just saying and what we've been discussing and things we'll discuss on this podcast and uh, was the showing up, you know, show Absolutely. up until they say you're the greatest of all time. Absolutely. Show up until they applaud you, Absolutely. you know, and all that. And you showed up, you know. That's I think, it. That's you it. Know, and, and, and you're 
th- just this one way, you know, and I think you're here today and all of your success and the things that we'll discuss today because of all you're showing up over Absolutely. the years and all the people that you've connected with by showing up. You Absolutely. Know? That's it. it. It really, it's, it, it plays a big, like it's the biggest thing you could do yes. and you can figure things out after that. It's so true, you know, and some people, yeah, I mean, call it networking and this and that, you know, but really it's, it's having a clear vision in who you are what you want to bring to the world, what you have brought to the world, and then showing up and being around people and just constantly meeting them and seeing how we can all work together in different ways to Absolutely. bring music to the world and do better things and all that. You just and yeah, know. You watching, just... you know, Jay-Z get that award last night and give that speech, it yeah. was so fitting, you know. It was perfect. Yeah, Hope has always been my favorite, frankly. Unreal. Frankly. Yeah, so, it was so cool so bringing his daughter up there, yeah. you know. Yeah. She, I can't believe how much older she got. I feel like she was born like one year before my son. And I was like, how did she gain she like 10 shot years up, on right? you? Like, what? <laughs> that was crazy. She shot up. She was like as tall as him. Yeah. But um, no, so incredible. Such a moving, you know, speech from him For and sure. to see Beyonce there and his daughter and For like sure. just to hear what he had to say. It was amazing. Yeah. Super dope. Amazing. Yeah. So, so glad you showed up and so glad you showed up thank here. Thank you so much. And, and thank you for f- uh, going through the. <laughs> I showed up. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. For, thank you for showing up because there was a lot going on. Yeah. I made it through some, some things, but no, it's we worth made it. it. <laughs> yeah. We made it. We made it. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, let's, let's get into your story. I mean, you, you know, you've been a big part of a lot of, you know, the African music movement, uh, in Africa, but also in America, you know, and coming through Major Lazer and Diplo and um, stuff like that. And then even now, like the changing sound of, yes, Afrobeats is huge and Ama Piano is huge and all these things, but house music and the combination of it and dance music. And I know you have this amazing song that I told you I've been playing without even realizing it was associated with you and the artist you were trying to bring out here. Um, you know, I think... You're obviously a forward-thinking person, so I'd love to figure out where that comes from, and then we can get all into it. So how did you start? Like, where did you grow up, and how did you get into DJing? Sure. I was uh, born and raised in Nairobi, Kenya, Okay. Um, until I was a young teen, and then we moved out here. My mother was a school teacher, Okay. and so we moved out you know, to the U.S. Uh, when I was like 14, 15, um, but back home i didn't know anybody in the entertainment industry but i was just curious about it and i was too young to go to the clubs right so i used to hang out in they're called matatus it's public transportation and okay. they got like graffiti all over them got loud you know sound systems in it and everything <laughs> that's where i got to hear djs okay and it was like oh so this is how you go from one song to the other it's like when i was 11 12 and that kind of thing right and and so that curiosity led me to continue with that bug even when I came out here and I was working a bunch of, you know, odd jobs, you know, after like, even from the time I was in high school, I literally was working from, I was like 16, 17. Okay. And working at a Walmart. We didn't have. And this money. is in Atlanta? No, no, no. This is actually was in Kentucky. In Kentucky. I first landed in Kentucky. Okay. Yes. Um, and uh, again, my mother was a school teacher, so it's kind of hard to, you know, make ends meet. So, right. um, Went and got the job to help with the bills and, you know, that kind of thing from the time I was 17. But I still had this urge to pursue this dream. So the first couple of years was like, where do I find that place where I can fulfill this this urge thing? 
And so um, finally, I actually moved to the Bay after high school. Okay. I moved to the Bay Area. I stayed there for like a year. And one of my friends had some turntables and uh, a Vestax mixer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you <know? laughs> <We> remember. <laughs> yeah. So I started playing around with it and I got you know good with it. So by the time I moved back to Kentucky, I was, I was working this like security job. And on my break, I had these mixes. This, I like these... CDs, mixtapes. Okay. And I'd go to gas stations during my lunch break to sell to people for like $5. Sometimes you get $5, sometimes you get nothing, sometimes you get $30. But I had three, one was hip hop, one was R&B, and one was dance hall. And it was just hustling like that and everything. And, you know, have my number, get feedback from people, that kind of thing, you know. So, um, So fast forward a little bit when I saw that this is a real thing. I remember I quit college and I quit work to do this full time only for a lot of the gigs I was planning on getting to be canceled or clubs closed. And before you know it, I was evicted from my place. So I had to, you know, sleep on the floor at a friend's place for a couple of months. Wow. wow. And that's when I knew, oh, if you're self-employed, you got to work six to nine months ahead of time. That kind of thing. So yeah. that's true. Yeah. That's well, you learned that lesson. Yeah. There, right. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And where was that? Like, where were you at that point? So, so uh, that was again, Kentucky, then I went to the Bay, then I went back to Kentucky for a while. Okay. So then after a while, when I like, okay, I, my, my hustle has to kick in a different gear. Yeah. After doing it for a while, started working, things were good. Um, I was still touring there because I started doing like touring like 20 years ago. And okay. all it was driving, right? I had a, we'd get like a rental car. I'd drive to Atlanta, to drive to Jersey, drive to Boston, to Kansas City. And and I can tell you that Kansas City was like nine hours away. Boston <laughs> was thirty was fourteen hours away. Wow. DC was What kind of gigs were you doing? These are like gas money gigs. Okay. That's just what it whatever is. you can do. A whatever club, you can do any genre, club, whatever yeah, you, whatever. Yeah, whatever it is. So a lot of these gigs were paying like maybe a hundred dollars, maybe. Um crazy. Maximum two hundred dollars. Wow. But but I I'm on tour. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? I'm on tour. I'm exactly. doing my thing and I'm pushing it. And so, um, so yeah, that was, that was, it was kind of it. So I did a lot of, uh, 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 that on the circuit for a while. Then Atlanta is where my sister had moved to Atlanta and I was spending more time. And then I saw that, okay, Kentucky was good. And I actually had done like radio, uh, college radio in Kentucky, okay. and a bit of mainstream radio in Kentucky, um, which, by the way, how I got that job was I waited for the program director for nine months, for every week for nine months. That's every week. Showing up. <laughs> yeah, showing up. Every week for nine months, I used to show up in that lobby and say, hey, you know, I'd look, I'd, I'd have my recordings of the college radio show, which is like from midnight to 3 a.m. on a Wednesday. Like, right. really bat slot. Yeah, I did that. But, <laughs> yeah. But I was like, listen to this, listen to this. And I did that for like nine months. And then finally, he just gave in and, you know, let me come through. And I did my thing there for a while. But I realized it was such a small town because it was Lexington, Kentucky. Yeah. That. It was going to limit my growth. So Atlanta, the more I'd spend time with it, I was like, okay, there's something interesting happening here. It was like 03, 04. Yeah. So 05, I decided to move there and, you know, just push things to the max. That's amazing. Yeah. That's so cool. And so you, and now you live back in Kenya though, right? Yeah. So I've been back and forth. I, you know, I'm bi-coastal. Okay. Uh, super bi-coastal. <laughs> super. <laughs> yeah. So I tell people I chase the sun. When it's cold over there, I go over there. When it's cold over there, I come over here. You're like a bird. <laughs> yeah. I really am. Yeah. So, yeah. So, but that's been the, the last five years. Got it. When I started, because um, at fast forward when everything started, you know, I started doing parties in Atlanta. Everything was going good. Whatever it is. When, when the, um, when the African music scene started really popping off, 
uh, I spent a lot of time doing a lot of things, which we'll you know talk about that. But later on, towards 2017, 2018, when I realized, oh, this is now being controlled by the corporates, because now it became more of a mainstream thing, and every major act was being signed by the major like uh, labels. I was like, okay, I can't win the game from here. I have to win game from the source. So I got to go discover new talent. So that's when I started spending more time going there to the source to see what is next. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's amazing. No, you seem very good at setting your sights on something, you know, and, and going to get it. Yeah. And going to get it. Physically. That's how I get the name, right? Fully focused. There you go. You see it, you go get it. No halfway focus. There you go. There you go. That's dope. Yeah. Um. And, and wow, that that's amazing. And then, so how did you end up kind of then taking things to the next level? And I know you started working with um, Major Laser very yeah. early in their development. Yeah. So what what happened is I always, you know, wanted to represent my culture, African culture. And at that time, now after in Atlanta, I spent like four or five years. Around 2007, eight is when the emergence of Afrobeats was happening. And we're doing a lot of great things with that. But I realized at some point, okay, we don't need to sell African music to Africans. We need to sell it to the rest of the world. They need to know about this. So I started really advocating for African music to be heard in mainstream spaces, you know, and kind of like what we were talking about earlier, you know, every community, every immigrant, when you go to a foreign land, you have the people who, you know, the first thing is you're going to connect with your community. So regardless of where you're from, you know, if you're Iranian, if you're Brazilian, you first connect with your local community in that foreign place. And then there are people who are entertaining that community. Right, whether it's DJs, promoters, put uniting that community. Yeah. And then there are now some people who say, okay, how do we take this and push it to the rest of the world? And right. that's what I that's the path that I chose to be is to be, you know, somebody advocating for it, you know, out there to take it to spaces where it wasn't as familiar. So around 2010, 2011, I started doing like really mainstream clubs. Cause before, like the African club was like some hidden thing. Like in Atlanta, it was like a really hidden spot, whatever it is. I was like, no, let's go to the most mainstream venue to bring Africans, you know, over there. Yeah. And that's what I started doing. And then also would get um, a few guest spots on uh, V103 in Atlanta, which was the biggest urban station, you know, at that time. Um, and so while I was a few guest spots, I was there, I would basically do open format, play a little bit of everything and slip in some Afrobeat. So this is like 20 12 is when I was breaking Afrobeats on, on radio. Like, right. Yeah. WizKid, David Doe, uh, P-Square. I actually did WizKid's first U.S. show in Atlanta. No way. It was March of 2012. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. That's like 12 years ago. Dude. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I did that for a while. Um, at the same time, I was helping these artists get certain collaborations. So like one of the big Afrobeats dance hall collaboration was by this artist called Tamaya. It's called Bum Bum. It was a big record. Um, and so I put him together with Sean Paul. And so that record did very well, which trans, which led to Marshall Montana from Trinidad wanting to do the record. Oh. And at first the artist was hesitant and I was like, no, you got to understand Marshall is the king in, yeah. in, you know, of Soka in Trinidad. If he does this record, it's different with him bringing you on stage during carnival. And so the guy agreed. And so, you know, I took Tamaya to Trinidad now at that time to meet Marshall. While there, it just so happens Major Lazer also was booked on this show. Oh. Now, I knew Walshy because I'd been booking him for my parties like three from like 2010 before right. even he joined uh, Major Lazer. Right. So while yeah, he's we, an incredible DJ. Yeah, himself. phenomenal. Uh, Shout out to Walsh, yeah. you know. And so while at that event is when 
um, backstage, he introduces me to Diplo and we start chopping it up and energy was good. Vibe was good. And I got his contact. And after that, I said, look, there's something really brewing in Africa. That's amazing. That's now slowly slipping through, you know, going to the rest of the world. I think there's nothing on the mainstream that's representing it. There's no playlists or anything like that. Let's start doing these, these mixtapes where I'll curate, I'll produce, I'll do whatever it is so that we can start pushing African music now to the rest of the world. So we did our first mixtape in 20, uh, 2014, exactly 10 years ago. It was called Africa is the Future. Yeah, and, I remember uh, that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's incredible. That's so dope. Yeah, I've heard Diplo even in videos, probably on your Instagram and different stuff, you know, giving you credit and calling you one of the original members of Major Lazer and giving you credit for all that stuff. And um, I think that's huge. I mean, look at it now. I mean, yeah. it's like beyond, you know. Yeah. So it was one of those like a testament, like just follow your instincts, man. Don't do what's popular. Yeah. Go by what you believe in. Stick stick by it. But just do it authentically and do it, you know, authentically and organically. One right. thing I'll again I'll give uh Diplo a lot of credit for, you know, because we always hear about the culture, you know, vultures, you know, that kind of stuff. People yes. whatever it is. One thing I give him a lot of credit for, he's never told me what to do or how to do. He just understood that this guy gets that space, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. And I have a certain platform. So how do we magnify whatever's brewing out there? You know, if, and for anybody I've ever worked with, that's one thing I'm always big on is I know my space and my culture. So let me do me. And then, you know, whatever uh, a platform you have, let's use it to magnify that. Right. So that was, that was for me very important to, 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 to be able to have that. That's very cool. And I I know you have a video on your Instagram where you sort of talk about using the last decade to push Afrobeats and African culture and what your mission is. And then you say something in the video about like the next 10 years, you know, I want to show all the other things that Africa has to offer and different things like how would you expand on that? Like what are some of the other things that you're pushing and... Yeah. Um, I mean, what do you I mean, see, you know, for the future? For sure. I mean, I mean, look at it this way, first of all. All the conversation and everything, almost everything everybody has heard over the last 10 decades from Africa is predominantly from two countries, predominantly Nigeria, predominantly South Africa. Right. Now, just think, what else is there? Exactly. If that's only two countries and look at the impact, how we've now affected sound, yeah. right? Because it's now in different genres. You can hear influence of it. And you can hear the difference between, I mean, if you're into the music of the South African and the Nigerian Correct. you know, music, is there's massive differences. Very, very, exactly, exactly. So that tells you, now imagine, that's just two countries. Right. We got 54 countries. <laughs> so what else is out there? Right. So my job, you know, once this battle of being accepted or not accepted but being you know for for this for the genres to cross over to here and the rest of the world once that kind of closed i'm like okay but that's just one small piece there's so much more that people need to hear about there's so much more that people need to understand and so my job is just to go dig from the continent and say here here's what else you need to know right and but but it's always from a place for we got to benefit from it it's not an exploitation perspective. Yes. It's a thing of making sure that cool, the same way now a lot of artists from different, you know, those two countries have benefited significantly. Lives have changed, audiences have changed. Um, it's doing the same thing for, you know, as many of the different countries as, as possible, uh, which right. is what now has led me to now going back to Kenya, which is now what I've been doing with, um, with my label. Yeah. And so your label is passport music group. Correct. Um, and 
I I know you probably have other stuff, but I mean, you have this song right now that's really bubbling. It seems yeah. like it's people are using it for their reels and I guess TikTok, unless it got yeah. pulled off, but <laughs> reels yeah, and TikToks yeah. and, uh, you know, viral videos as well as DJs love playing it. I mean, I was saying I saw that guy, the like older German guy yeah, that raps that like, like, you know, he rapped <laughs> like every song ever, you know, sure. and, and, and everyone's like, whose dad is this? Sure. Um, I saw him singing it, you know, sure. and, and then it was interesting to see the comments too, of people talking about the language and, oh, he's, he speaks it better than I do. And like all that <laughs> stuff. Like, yeah. That was, that was hilarious. Uh, yeah. Hilarious. I mean, well, what, what lang what is the language? So, so that language is called Kikuyu. Okay. Right? It's, it's uh, so in Kenya, you have uh, 47, 48 tribes, okay. different languages. Wow. And, uh, and so Kikuyu is the dominant one. So it's like, you know, I, I think 10, 15 million people, you know, speak it. Okay. But that song you're talking about is called Mwaki. It's a collaboration with my artist. Her name is Sofia Nzao. And um, Zerb, who happens to be from Brazil, Brazil right? Yeah, and yeah, it's, which yeah, is so cool is too. Yeah, yeah, it's so dope. <laughs> and it's right now um, the number three song on the Shazam Global charts. No way, really. Yeah, yeah, it was actually number two last week. So I believe it though, because yeah. I feel like I was just telling you earlier too. Like it, there's something about the music, the chords, or whatever it is, the yeah. notes. When it is loud and the way it's mixed, it's yeah. so minimal, but it makes you feel so it, good. It gives good. you like yeah. a just a good feeling yeah. and inside. And that's what we were talking about. That's the, that is the underlying, under, uh, consistent, common denominator in all African music. It's yes. feel-good music. Right. It's feel-good music. It just makes you feel good. You don't know what it, you don't have to understand what they're saying. Yeah. You just know it makes you feel good. And my theory with that is that always happens when people come from a hard time. If you go back a decade plus that's ago, uh, during the 2008, 2009 recession, Hard times, hard times, hard times. Coming out of that is EDM, feel good music. It's right. just fist bump. You just want to have a good time, you know, that kind of yeah, thing. It, you know, and that, 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 even though it started like 08, I mean, well, actually a little bit even earlier than that, 06 with, um, Daft Punk at Coachella and that kind of thing. Right, but I but think really the stuff the you're talking about, like yeah. 2011, 2012, yeah. you, know, you know, is when things really started, you know, taking off significantly. Yeah, Fast forward, true. when COVID happened and, you know, people losing jobs, people losing family members, people losing, they're going through a hard time or whatever it is. After that, people just want to feel good. They just want to yeah. dance. And that's what has played a significant role in now pushing African music to that next next level. It was already brewing again, just the same way EDM happened. But there's there's always an event that allows now things to go to the next level. That's true. I think that's a cool way to look at it. Even with hip hop, and I know you mentioned earlier something about how you th can see sort of the map or the, the how hip hop evolved, yeah. and you could see a similar thing happening with African music, right? Yeah, I, I believe we're exactly 30 years where, 30 years, if you go back 30 years ago, where hip hop was is where yeah. we are with African music. Interesting, so it's like yeah, like 1992, in the 90s. 1993, right? Yeah. Where um, one, it was, that was the era of commercialization. Now this is when it became a global thing. Even though 70s was there, it was a new thing. Yeah. 80s started really popping. 90s is when now, it became a mainstream, really mainstream thing globally. Same thing with African music, especially with Afrobeats, where 2000s, the beginning of it, 2010s was, I, this thing is really popping up, but 2020s is when now things are going now to the complete um, um, next level. And, right. you, and you see a lot of similarities because like, I feel like Nigeria was like New York, right? 
like how New York was. It was the birthplace and that's what it was. And then now they, you know, ran that for a while. Then you had the West Coast that came in with California. Yeah. That's South Africa to me. That's, that's right? interesting. Yeah. And then there's this other area that's kind of ignored, but it's saying, hey, we got something to say. So I figured like, the South got something yeah, to say, so, and then they end up so being now, the big, and then New York and LA start imitating correct. the South. So I feel like East Africa is the South. Wow. So we got next. That's dope. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah. That's true. That That's really cool. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, just with the rise of Afro house, you know, mm-hmm. I feel like that is a, it's a perfect combination yeah. of the sounds. People are into it. It's palatable for every culture around the world, obviously, because you see these like house DJs being able to tour the whole world and go yeah. to every country and people can dance to that one beat, sure, you know, for sure, for sure. <laughs> and if you're able to meld it and put it together in a way that's still authentic, that you're yeah. not selling out, you don't feel like you're watering something down, but you're just putting it together in a creative Absolutely. way. As long as something is done from a collaborative yes. energy. Yeah. And authenticity, I think it's 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 totally fine, even with what I was saying a little bit earlier. That's what I always look for is collaboration and authenticity. That's right. all it has to be. And mutual benefit. Mutual, you know, benefit like both parties are benefiting from the situation. Why not? That's how things move, you know. Right. You know, so yeah. Yeah, get the exploitative people out of here. And absolutely. Just- <laughs> yeah. Um, absolutely. That's cool. And so you you just did a show in Kenya with Major Laser, right? I saw some videos. Yeah, well they, well. Uh, what came was there that? to do we're shooting the video for the remix of that song oh um, yeah so he came Diplo came to us to do that remix um, for Mwaki the, 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 that record and then while we were there we you know did a studio session um, and then yeah there was a show uh, as well as everything so right I saw him playing it at the big show yeah so. so a lot of people come like the energy in Kenya is completely different yeah what's it like I mean, yeah it's it's we rave that's actually the word we <laughs> really rave. oh yeah it, the energy is like everybody who I know who's come out there performed always says the energy is just it's completely different out there so anybody who ever gets a chance definitely come to Kenya and what do you mean just endless energy ready just to party energy, like, like there's not we don't we don't have a Hollywood bone in us. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nothing like saying? too cool. Not, too cool nobody's school, too right? cool. People yeah. are literally there to have a good time and you, you know, they'll, they'll give you their hundred, you give them and it feed, you know, as a performer, you know, it is yeah. as a DJ, as a performer, oh, you I was feed saying, off the crowd. Yeah. I was DJing. I mean, this month's been good for me. January, you know, a lot of gigs and people are asking me questions and I'm like, it's truly a two way street. I'm like, you guys were giving me so much. I was able to give so much back. Right. You know, If not, then it just, Kills the energy for everyone involved. I'm telling you, ask anybody who's performed in Kenya. They'll tell you that the energy there is just unreal. And also we culturally were very, I believe actually, and I I could be wrong, but I believe it's the most multicultural country in Africa. Oh, okay. And because of that, we're very open to just, you know, we grew up listening to, like for instance, on radio, there was no such thing as format. So on one station, it would go from a, this like, like between... Again, let's let's say in the nineties, you go from a Shabarang song to a Celine Dion song to a Tupac song <laughs> to a you know Magic System song. Like it's like a mix of everything. So fast forward till today, it's the same thing. You'll hear Vibes Cartel with after that, it's a Wizkid, it's a Drake song, it's a wow. it's a it's a Taylor Swift song. Like it's just like that. So we grew up very, you know, 
open to a lot of different genres and that kind of thing. Right. So, um, and, and this, and the same reflects with how we're open to people from, you know, the outside, you know, we're just happy, loving people. Right. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. What's the DJ scene like for like DJs that are just coming up out there, you know, like they play in restaurants or different spots or like, you know, I guess yeah. if you're just an up a com- upcoming DJ lives out there, what's yeah. your life First of like? All, the DJ culture has been a very serious culture out there from, okay. from, for a long time. Like very serious, very competitive, that kind of thing. So we were, I mean, even from from nineties till now, we always right. have these big uh, uh, festivals that yeah. are DJ driven, yeah. not artist driven. So that culture has been, you know, significant there. The last decade, we've seen a bit too much of just like here, where clubs become a table thing, right. which I hate. Yeah. So that's what part of the reason why I do my own events, where it's like, nah, let's. We still need a dance floor. We still need a, you know, proper sound systems and yeah. you know, that kind of thing. Um, but it's yeah, crazy how that spread everywhere. It spread <laughs> everywhere, man. And and it's I money. It's money. I I get the business part of, it, but it kills. It takes away a lot. Yeah. It takes away a lot. Um, because also, you know, I always say DJs are therapists, right? When people True. are walking in that room, you don't for know themselves what, and yeah, the others. <laughs> you don't know what people went through. You don't know it was a breakup, it was a job loss, it was you know yeah. family, it was friends, whatever it is, whatever it is. But music allows you to escape, you know, from from all that. So um, the scene out there, you'll have people in the bars and the clubs and then you know festivals and events and um that kind of thing but it's 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 for for djs you definitely get a lot more appreciation out there than a lot of other countries nice yeah and you said you do your own events um is that the pxp fest yeah yeah passport experience um festival so going back to what i was saying earlier i always try to champion things just the same way i was breaking records on radio before it was convenient I started going to different festivals from when tomorrow, remember when Tomorrowland came to the U.S., it was Tomorrow World? Yeah, or, in Georgia or yeah, in Georgia. Yeah. So I would go to that or I would go to like an ultra. I would go to a lot of festivals. I'm like, this doesn't exist for us. Right. So I was like, well, why not create it? Yeah. So I started my own music festival called Passport Experience. Um, and again, it's because it was like, if I can't take, my audience to the world. Why don't I bring the audience? I mean, the world to you know to yeah. my audience, right? And so it was just the idea of putting African music on the same stage with the hip hop, with the dance hall, and so on and so forth. So I did that in uh, 2015, um, and it was at the again at the heart of Atlanta, Centennial Olympic Park, yeah. right? Uh, and then I think by like the following year, we had Usher and David Doe and Shaggy and Brick and Lace and you know, Tiwa Savage and everything. I mean, like just kind of, you know, all over whatever it yeah. is. And, and uh, Akon was a partner. It was a joint venture partner of mine in that, in that situation. Nice. So it worked great. And then after I did it, I also did it as a showcase at South by Southwest. Then I started, it, it was very costly, of course. Before, <laughs> yeah, sure. see, that's the gift and the curse of being ahead, right? Is, yeah, they're like, yeah, you you did it. But at the same time, you're the one taking a lot of losses. Right. There's not as many people trying to give you funding or, Correct. or, or going, oh, this is for sure going to work. You know, exactly. they don't want to take that exactly. risk. So you're taking a lot of personal losses after yes, a while. Yes, I'm sure. And a lot of it obviously was going through talent. And so, but the one thing I noticed, the part that people enjoyed a lot more was the DJ sets. Mm-hmm. So I said, all right, maybe let's do away the artist part and let's keep the DJ part of it with the same brand. Yeah. And so as Passport Experience, now we pivoted from an artist driven event to a DJ driven event. And uh, so I started moving around in different markets, did New York, LA. Then in 2018, I landed a, a, a residency in Vegas. So it was kind of like the first Afrobeats residency 
um, you know, on the strip. Amazing. So, Where were you doing it? At, at Paris Casino. Oh, okay. Chateau. Yes. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, and actually, funny enough, that same year was when Black Coffee also landed his residency at the at the Win, Right. Um, and then at Encore. Encore. And then at Wynn, uh, uh, Diplo was also over there at that yeah. time and everything. So, yeah. So, it was just always like, for me, I've always been like, I, right, if it doesn't exist, create and then just go and figure it out. And yeah. it's okay to fail, but just like, I'm, I'm, I'm at peace with failing. I'm not at peace with not trying. Yeah. I think that's very smart. Uh, you know, that's yeah. a, that's a gem right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so are you still doing the, the festival or is it kind of? Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, what's, yeah, I still do it. Um, last year we did, a uh, even in 22, we did Australia, we did Amsterdam, we did, uh, amazing. Um, Dubai, um, we did a few places here and there. And of course in the U S different cities, um, uh, that was 2022, 2023 we did, um, and I do a lot more in Nairobi now. Um, and we're going right. to be moving around different markets. Um, we did it in the U S to a few places and then we're going to be doing it this year in many other markets. That's great. Yeah. I gotta, I gotta come catch it. Sometime. You have to, <laughs> you have to, you have to. Um, and I know we, you know, you were, you were kind of given info about like, you know, the West coast, East coast thing yeah. and comparing it to hip hop. Um, you have any other ideas on like the future of African music? Yeah. And- I, I feel like, you know, where it's going to go is, again, a big part of it is, other than the um, movements of the scenery, it's also the commercialization, where you start seeing it more in lifestyle. Again, yeah. think hip-hop. When yeah. it first started, music, then events, then fashion, then culture. Right. right? And you almost even see it now in the movies. And, and the You know, Wakanda, whatever. Correct. But they'll have the soundtrack and they'll exactly. have Kendrick Lamar be on it. And then, right. you know, everything will, is slowly, Absolutely. you know, feeding into everything else like you're saying right absolutely i mean i remember when there was a time where you know they used to tell us you know cut off that african (laughs) right yeah don't but now you can't have a party without at least no you can't and even the grammys showed it i mean it was everywhere everyone's talking about it a lot of the biggest parties in la were the afrobeats parties absolutely people are going where are you going i'm here i'm here i'm here it was always the afrobeats parties you kind of heard about other little ones but it wasn't even exactly they also didn't look as fun the other ones no yeah again it's (laughs) afrobeat parties look fun (laughs) as hell it's it's about the vibe yeah it's about the vibe right uh, and even like the one i did like you know i play open format i'm playing a mix of everything and then uncle waffles gets on and then chase yeah. b gets on so it was very and everybody was there you know it's yeah. from travis scott to um yeah it was like all types of people you know yeah. um to like quavo to lana del rey to, you know but like south african i'm a piano was playing yeah. you know for a good hour you know and then chase b gets on and does like the american hip-hop and stuff but yeah even, um, and, and you notice even with the 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 especially the you know celebrities the hip-hop r&b celebrities they also like it because they get to have fun yeah. it's not like how people just with their phones all in your face the whole time watching yeah. you closely yeah people at african parties do not care like we're just right. there to have a good time yeah you enjoy if you want to get it get in on this and everything if somebody bumps into you know walks into the like hey, hey what's yeah. up? you know i love your music that's it but people right. are just there for the for the vibe and for the energy so i feel like that energy is going to spill over to as many different spaces as possible. Um, and we need it. We need it in the world. We yeah. need it in the world as much as possible. And I think to show, like, even they were, they told me they were like, Neo just walked in. I was like, all right. And I had like a kind of future beats, Afro beats mm-hmm. vibe remix mm-hmm. of one of his songs, Miss Independent. Oh, nice. And I played it. 
And I was like, all right, he's either going to be like, why is yeah, he messing yeah. up my song or he'll like it. And then like within five minutes, he came over. He was like, his eyes were like bugging out of his head. He was like, what is this? I love it. You know, he's so hyped. And I could see him and his team. So then I was like, all right, I'm going to Afro Beats yeah, yeah, kind of yeah. zone. That's I have cool. like some edits I've made where I put Beyonce over it and stuff. And I could see them all dancing back there. And it's, you know, it's nice to be able to like spread that music into the vibe and Absolutely. give everyone a good time and even show the artists themselves like you sound good over this right, you know right, it's just right. a dj putting the acapella but yeah. still you know and shout out to, shout out to you for that and shout out to the djs who now do that yeah right? thanks like you. yeah because it's like that's part of the responsibility of the dj break exactly break it's lead. not exactly B- breaking a record is not so like black and white as it used to be where people were like oh, are you breaking the record or are you not are you playing the song it's like there's different ways to do it now and especially Absolutely. with serato stems or all the technology we have exactly. like i'm able to combine all these types of music languages vibes everything and present it to people in a different way that they'll hear it and feel it in a different way and then realize they're into something that they didn't realize before if he does an afrobeats remix you should get some credit for that <laughs> let's see you what happens let's see let's see you know no, i love it i love it shout out to all the djs who are um breaking african music in whatever spaces the only one thing i always i'm, I'm, I'm vocal about this is don't start running with this narrative that you broke african music in, 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 <laughs> never no in, no you no. know in in <laughs> in the in the u.s or exactly whatever it is, you yeah know? you know just because your audience didn't know about it doesn't mean it didn't exist yeah. it was there it's just no i just want to play like be like a little part of the wheel you know that's what i mean it, like like it, play absolutely. my part i'm the cog in the machine or whatever yeah, it is yeah. like that's helping yeah. my part you know it's yeah. all a big movement it's yeah. all an it's, infinite it's, movement and we, need, we need everybody to but be a exactly part of it. like we need everybody to be a part of it you know and for sure that they, i'm just saying that there's some guys who try to make course. it about <laughs> them when it's like man there's a lot of work that's been yeah. put in for us to get here and we want to continue with the work we want to continue right. with the collaborations we want to continue with the allies yeah. in this in this and everything push. it's like a compounding it's like it's like you know they talk about money like compounding interest like yeah. that's how it works with the music too like Absolutely. in the same way the tyla water song like it's an amazing song it's so dope everybody wants to hear it at the same time everything built it up like right. like it got to come out on this at crazy right spring time. springboard mm-hmm. at the right time which not to take anything away from it and anyone that worked on it and her it's all amazing but everything keeps working in this way together Absolutely. to keep pushing and creating this bigger and bigger tidal wave, you know, that then will finally wash over everyone Absolutely. in a way, you know, and, and, and they'll think it just came from nowhere, Correct. but it's all been building, you know, <laughs> like you said. Correct. Uh, yeah. A hundred percent, a hundred percent accurate on that. And, and, and I do, I do believe DJs play a very big role in that part in continuing to push it, continuing to, yeah, you know. You know. I mean, they can ruin it. I definitely heard a, <laughs> what was it? No offense to whoever made this. Uh, Rick Astley, Never Gonna Give You Up, I'm a Piano uh, remix. Like we, we don't need to over-piano everything. <laughs> There comes a point, guys. Just let it maybe go. don't let do it. it. <laughs> let it go. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I mean, there's sometimes I hear, I go, "What are you doing?" Or they're even taking that like log drum sound. Oh gosh, yeah, to- but like not doing it like in a funky way. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. You could tell they're 
putting it in the midi and like yeah. not doing it like yeah, 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 like yeah. a funky like <laughs> bah, bah, bah. it's just like doom 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 and you're like no 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 that's yeah. not how it's supposed to be used like but yeah you know that's yeah, okay people know, can experiment let, let them experiment yeah they can experiment and, you know but i'm like who's gonna play that sometimes right. you just need to keep it you know but who knows maybe yeah. i did that i took yeah i took the elton john dua lipa song mm. and i put um the drums from mona lisa uh under it but to me it sounded dope i feel like someone can make an afro beats remix because i i took the bass line Mm -hmm. their bass is like and the way it goes with the drums when you cut off everything else actually sounds like a whole different vibe so i put i made a remix like that you know and it works because like the girls sing it but it's a little funkier and they look why do i like this better you know i mean it's all about the end product right it's all about yeah does it sound good but there's a fine line of that sucks (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah because that's what allows there to be differentiation of this is good right it's not yeah it's good to try and fail but i mean Realize you failed and just That's move funny. on. <laughs> I don't know about the Rick Astley. <laughs> now I'm going to look for it. I mean, I'm curious. I don't know who did it. My friend posted it. He just posted a video of his face <laughs> listening to it. And I was like, please put that on the internet. It was just That's on his story. Funny. He's like, no way, I can't. I'm like, That's oh. funny. Because, yeah, it was. Yeah, but, but I do see that we're going to get a lot more of that influence yes. in the new you know, you know, yeah. pop music and all other genres of music. You're gonna see a lot more of that. Where now people are like, oh, because again, especially like even yeah. with that water song, because of right. how, or even how Travis Scott got on that, you right, know. And then right. I think some people are deciding, do I play that or not? Yeah. Like, is it cool to play the Travis Scott yeah. one? Well, the unique thing about Hama Piano is the fact that it is production led, production heavy, and so whether it's singing, rapping, whatever it is, anybody can get on and just flow with it yeah right and it's in a tempo that 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 is still um a bridge right it could be pop it could be hip-hop it could be whatever it's not like house that's 120 plus yeah bpm where it it automatically puts you in a different genre yeah right with that 112 113 bpm it uh it allows it to blend in many different genres and so many different artists can be able to jump ti has a i'm a piano song Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a song. It. Um, it's called Vacay. It's actually good. Really? Right. I actually like it. You know, and so. and and so and so yeah. So I think we're gonna see a lot more of that. Um, someone actually that that uh, leads me to I should ask uh, you. Someone wrote in Mark Anthony, um, and he asked, "What U.S. city has the biggest Afrobeats following based on your experience?" Biggest Afrobeats following? Yeah, I guess. Or or when you tour around and you do these parties, do you get a, a bigger reaction? Like, I know I went to Dallas and was surprised there was a massive Afrobeats, you know. Yeah, you know, I think. Fan population. Yeah. And, you know. So I, 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 I can't quite is there, say that yeah. there's one city that's more than the other. Because what's happened is, obviously, the, the, the base audience is Africans. And yes. we're kind of everywhere, right? <laughs> that is true. Everywhere. And you have to realize the success of African music is because we are in an identity era of music. Yeah. Right. In every genre, whether it's right. Latin music, whether it's African music, whether it's Caribbean music, whether it's music for the LGBT, LGBT community yeah. is people just saying, that's me. You're, you are representing me. Whatever you're talking about, whatever you're singing about represents me. Yes. So the identity pride is what pushes the music beyond just, I like this artist, I don't like this artist and everything. And so what happens right. is you're able to recruit a lot more people to push the genre because 
they find like this is me finally on a mainstream you know yeah. uh, 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 stage being heard so this identity era is what creates real like it's that's true every every market you'll go to one record that you'll play you'll find that community gravitating yeah. to is like yes this is us even if it's three of us yes this is us and yeah. they'll give you the energy to say thank you for acknowledging right. us and recognizing us that's true they'll go well. yeah. yeah i mean that plays into like you know the good and bad sides i think of marketing you know itself mm. like and that's how music can be utilized like that but is yeah. that like you said i mean people find these things whether it's music or clothing or movies or whatever it is and they're like oh People that like this are my kind of people or like, mm-hmm. like people like this, listen to stuff like this, you know, yeah. and I'm part of that, that crew That's and those it. kind of people. And, and you're right. That's so it, it sort of feeds into that identity. Absolutely. The identity time. Absolutely. Like you're saying. Yeah, that's so true. That's, that's, you know, and, and we'll keep going with that. Now, naturally every, every city has a bigger population or whatever that audience is. Right. So you're going to get more of it. Well, yeah, I was in London. Right. I mean, it was like, being right. like in Africa. I mean, for me, cause yeah. I was like, I've been to stuff in America and it was yeah. big, but when I was in London and I went, I saw D James playing at a night mm-hmm. and I was, I got to really be immersed in it. And I was like, Oh damn, it's huge yeah. out here. It's and like, it's, but, but that's the thing about London. It's been huge out there from right. like 20, 2012 or yeah. even before then they were, cause again, things are not as controlled over there as they're here with format and politics I know. and that kind of thing. They were playing Afrobeats on mainstream radio back then. It was not a problem. Right. Right. So London has always been kind of open and ahead of, yeah. of, of that kind of thing. So in, the, but in the U S has always been different because there's so much right. politics and all kinds of stuff. And, you know, it jumps on it when something is really commercial, when something is like, you know, yeah, whatever it is. So, you're right. Yeah. It takes certain songs for it to to do that more than just like a, a group or I guess yeah, like yeah. a city that's into African music or Afrobeats. Correct. That's true. Yeah. Um and what about like well so you, you said earlier you're like, Oh, sometimes I fight technology, you know, yeah. in terms of um DJing. Like yeah. we were talking about like the fifty seven mix, yeah, you know, yeah, Rain yeah. fifty seven and the that you're on the Pioneer S nine now yeah. and stuff like that. And um but I do, th- but following you online, it doesn't seem like you're, you really fight um, technology in the sense of social media. Mm. I feel like you're pretty good at being on the forefront of that. I mean, yeah. you were doing those blends on TikTok and Instagram, the reels, like for a long time before a lot of people, it seems like, right? Yeah. And that kind of got you really far. And I feel like you're good at utilizing at least social media and understanding the marketing side of things from an authentic standpoint, which is really hard to do. Um, you know, how did you get into that and making those videos and how have you noticed that social media has, you know, allowed you to get into other things or lead to other things? The funny thing is I'm actually an introvert. I actually don't. (laughs) We all are. You know what I'm saying? Like I actually don't like, you know, being out there. If it was up to me, I wouldn't even have, any social media whatsoever, believe <laughs> right. it or not. But at some point you no, realize. I believe it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, it's hard as DJs, I know, it's trust so me. It's hard, but yeah. it's like, all right, this is what it is. And then, yeah. and then, and then because it's like a lot of it is perception where if you're not there, you're not anything or you're not right. doing this. And Same way, you got to show up to the social you gotta, media. You show up. <laughs> and sometimes you have people who you perceive as less talented or they really are, but they're good. Because they have a large following, they're yeah. doing so many, you know, yeah, you know, great things. True, and unfortunately, it becomes the metric of good. Yes, and it's it not. is what just 
how many followers right right or how many things you know yeah right, right you know and that kind of thing and so you know for me i've always i i i pick influence over or rather i pick impact over influence right and i, I i'm always okay. looking at like if i do something how is it gonna push things forward and how is it going to help people? How is it going to affect things? You know what? Like I'm very intentional with things I do. I, you know, there's three C's I am against. Don't do it if it's corny. Don't do it if it's cringy. Don't do it if it's cloudy. Right? <laughs> Clowny? Clout. Like oh, clout. cloudy. Yeah, like, yeah. Like you're trying to clout chaser. Clout chaser. Yes, and, got and it. That kind of thing. Like do things authentically. <laughs> yes. Right? That kind of thing. And so, um, I, you know, right. what I'm constantly always looking for is what doesn't exist. Yeah. And then do that. Right. right. And I think I think that's a generation thing because, you know, what I'm saying yeah. like, it's right a, now we're in the generation of trying to follow the path of what everyone right, else is doing. But right. but it but we come from a time where you you know, it is a, you know, not stay in your lane in a way where in a bad way, but like create your lane. Right. And build that lane and then keep expanding it, it. You know, not a oh, you should only do this type of thing. Correct. But but that there's only one of you, you know, right. so feed into that. And Absolutely. Be original. I'm very big on, you know, originality and I, I like, I can't, I'm not okay with just doing something for the sake of, Oh, this person's doing it. So I'm just going to do it. Whatever. Right. It's nice. Like, because you're not adding on. Yeah. You're not adding. Well, on even to- with the viral videos, you, if you look at your videos for one second, you'd think, Oh, he's just doing the same thing. Mm. But if you listen to it, mm. it's completely different and your own thing. Right. So I think that's your approach Correct. in real life. Thank you. Right it was, there. it was that, it was that it was like, again, it was like, Oh, I haven't seen this. It's something yeah. that happened organically, but I was like, Oh wow, that's I haven't seen this. So yeah, and I'm even that's how you were it. saying it. I remember like your captions or whatever, the things yeah. you write, you know, you'd be like, I forget what you said. Sorry, yeah. but but I remember yeah. it being different. And you were like, "Look at this! You're going to be surprised." Right. And you know, Bill Withers and the right. you know CK or whatever it is. Exactly, like, yeah. exactly. It was that, and it happens organically. And you you do you put it out, and surprisingly, it connects with the people. Yes. Like, oh, stop! And then and then now it starts sparking your creative brain. Like, what else can you do yeah. with this? Oh wow! The re- part of the reason why this music is actually crossing over is there's a you know a a, a an invisible thread to yeah. what has already come before. Right. Right. And so it's like, my job is not to discover what is that thread, you yeah. know, in, in, is it the chords or the strings or the, the beats and whatever it is. So that was the joy of being able to, to do that. But yeah. the next thing I know, man, copy paste, you know, all these, a lot of copy paste things happening. And I'm like, yeah. look, we all come from a place of inspiration. You see something, you learn, you're like, Oh wow. That's, that's part of the world of DJing. Yeah. You know, but, like I'm really against the whole downright copy pasting, like add, yeah. add something to Please. it. This is how we evolve is we add something to it. Be original, put your twist on it. You yeah. know what I mean? You take on it and everything, you know? And so, um, so yeah, going back to social media for me, I was like, Oh, I, you know, I did that. It worked very well. Started doing a bunch of those. But once I started seeing it's like, everybody's doing it and doing the same thing. I'm like, it's no longer fun anymore. Right. Let me go find something. Yeah, I noticed you don't really yeah, do it as like, much. Yeah, because yeah. it's like, yeah, it's like, it's not as fun. So, right. You know, yeah. That's okay, though. I mean, obviously, you know, you've had a long career. We were talking about it earlier. I have to, like, there's something to that. You know, there's something to the longevity, and it's probably somewhat to do with adaptation, 
uh, mindset like we were discussing. But, you know, we've been doing this before social media existed, right. before digital DJing right. existed, you know, all of that. So right. um, what do you think goes into the longevity of a DJ career? One, again, authenticity. Yeah. It has to come from a place of authenticity and knowing this is what I, what made you fall in love with it to begin. And when you find what that thing is that made you fall in love with it, how do you keep you know, bringing it, uh, you know, bringing that freshness into whatever area you're in. I do believe yes. reinvention is a huge part of it that you have to evolve and be like, I, right, you know, yeah. you know, cause there's always going to be a newer, hotter thing, DJ or whoever it is that's coming in. That's standard. You know, right. it's not about being the hottest. It's not about being the biggest. It's about being the most consistent. You know, one of the things I learned that, you know, I used to be obsessed about, you know, how many points are you going to score before the clock runs out? Then I realized it's not about that. It's about staying in the game for as long as possible before the clock runs out. Ding. <laughs> we need a sound effect after that. No, that's that's a jam right there, too. That's yeah. perfect. You know, um, exactly. I think, and that's why sports can relate a lot to what we do, you know. And, right, you want to score the most points, you want to win, but you want to stay in the game, you know, if you get injured, (laughs) you're out of the game, you know, or if you do something bad or wrong, you know, you're out of the game. And that's true. It's, it's about, um, staying in the game, like you said, and, and constantly adapting to be able to stay in the game as long. And you got to understand it's seasons. You're not going to stay at the top forever consistent. Like it just, it rarely, rarely happens. You know? And so you have to understand there's going to be peaks and valleys, peaks and valleys, peaks and valleys. But the, but when you understand like even every, all the greats that you've seen, they always go through that. You just don't see it because while they're going through their valley, you're busy with whoever else is hot while they're in the mode of cooking and reinventing and figuring out what's the next thing. What yeah. am I gonna do? And then, and, and and when you're content, when you're comfortable in your skin, when you're comfortable in who you are, you're not chasing that. You're not chasing that heat. Yeah, right? you just understand. All right, while I'm here, you guys go ahead and do that. But let me let me tap in internally into what is the thing that I need to be doing next, and allowing yourself to go from because it doesn't come out like oh it's like this. You gotta like incubate it and yeah. play around with it and experiment with it until you're like oh this is the thing. Yeah. And now you start trying to experiment. You start putting it out there to the world. And the world is like, man, that's, no, we're not, no, we're not, we don't like that. What are you talking about? But the world catches up later on. Like yeah. what we were talking about with Avicii. Right? Yeah. When he reinvented himself and came back with, you know, wake me up. At that point, people are like, no, they even booed him at that show. Right. But it's because he understood this is the thing. He didn't, it's not about anybody else seeing it. It's you have to see it. And yeah. you have to truly believe in it so that even if they're booing you, like, you guys don't even understand. This is what it is. Let them catch up later on. Right. Let them catch up. But if you're so busy chasing that fleeting, you know, hot thing of, of the moment, I, I think you burn out faster. And also you, 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 you taint your legacy because you lose that respect of somebody who's pushing the envelope and yes. adding on to the conversation. Yeah. That's so true. Yeah. I mean, that was another, I think, Grammy speech clip I saw. I think Skrillex. And he mm, said, uh, I'm probably going to get it wrong. But uh, hopefully you guys can correct me. No, something about um, that he's never seen anyone who was successful 
that was chasing success. Mm-hmm. It was always people that attracted success. I'm telling you. And so how do you get that, you know, uh, how do you attract success, you know? And I think it's through authenticity, being true to yourself, being inspired, not being afraid to be inspired by new things, Absolutely. you know? And if you're comfortable in your own self, even if you're going through the valley, mm-hmm. you can still feel confident in yourself and be inspired by new things, young things, new things. Like I have done so many firsts in the year 2024 already, you know, Mm. this just in January, I've met so many new people. I've had so many new experiences. I've had so many new thoughts. All of that will build into me being able to do so much more this year and beyond. And I'm sure I'll still have some valleys, you know, and, and I've had some peaks already and you have to, be ready for all that. But yeah, it all leads into the longevity, but I'm not looking at like, Oh, these kids are coming up. Oh, I, I gotta like, my formula is not working or, right, you know, I'm nah. scared or I feel crazy. Like, no, I'm, I'm confident, but I have to just keep building. And that's how you just keep going. And I guess. Th- there's a hashtag I use uh, almost all my posts, which is stay focused. Yes. That's it. Yeah. That's it. That's all you got to remember. It's true. Is you tap into your, you know, internal, instinct and whatever that thing is telling you to do yeah go after it and stay focused forget about what everybody else is doing and that kind of thing because the minute you start looking at everybody else you know right you trip and fall and and guess what somebody is gonna stay focused and do the thing that you wanted and then you're gonna be outside hating and like oh i was the one and i could have and everything but it's like no you didn't stick with it yeah so just you know so you do have to detach from comparison and looking around and that kind of thing and just remain true to it. And like you said, then then you then, then the other thing is you gotta live. You see what you're saying? You're living. You're yeah, meeting people. Exactly. You're having conversations. And these things are all they're gonna add on into this thing that you're trying to create. So by yeah. the time you're releasing it, there's a sense of detachment you have to have with it. Like you know what you want, but you you detach. Like it's like I heard this story about this father who took his son to the beach and he told his son, pick up a heap of sand and hold it tightly. And of course, the, the, the more tight he, he, you know, he held his hand, the sand was slipping through right, yeah. his fingers. And he said, all right, now pick another heap and just hold, hold your palm like this. And barely any sand got out. And he said, that's life. The things you, ho- you try to hold on too tightly, they'll slip away. <laughs> things you're just easy about will stay. You know? And it, it, it reminds me like, it's okay. Chase your dream. Go after what you want. But detach you have to have the detachment of how it needs to happen or when it needs to happen you just show up yes and hold the sand right and and you just do your part that other part that's not up to you that's the god in the universe to just do it you know that part it's true and in a way the sand is infinite just like everything else music and all of these things you'll never predict what was is going to happen Mm -hmm. you couldn't have predicted the pandemic you couldn't have predicted any of these things so you know just Grab the sand you have and just right. make do the, with it yeah. what you got. Make if you have to it. then lose it all and yeah. you come back and get more, yeah. you figure it out. But that's that's a good way to put it. It's so so interesting and inspirational, really. Um, yeah, that's incredible. I mean, hopefully people take stuff from this, you know, and and us, you know, we've been in this industry and doing it for a long time and there's no end. Like mm-hmm. we're we're gonna keep learning, we're gonna keep doing that kind of stuff. And all of these just like we said, last night was the Grammys. We're recording today and and people we look up to are giving speeches about that. You know, mm-hmm. some of the most successful people Absolutely. monetarily and musically and all of that. So yeah. it really says something, you yeah. know, that um, 
the showing up and being part of everything and giving your all being authentic and, and all that stuff, you know, it feeds into any industry you want to be in and anything in the music business, but especially DJing. And, you know, we're saying all that stuff about don't copy. Like, yes, if you're coming up, you can imitate things to learn. Right. Of course, I practiced all DJ premier scratches and anything yeah, I wanted to learn. You're supposed to, like, yeah. like that you have to, you have to have a frame, yeah. a, a place where you're learning from, but now it's now, how then, do you develop into yours? Right. Exactly. You know I mean? Like you learn from the Mr. Miyagi guy, then right. you become Daniel San. <laughs> Right, exactly. Put it out there, and then exactly. you know, and yeah, that that's such a cool way to put it. Um, Love it. What? Uh, oh man, I don't know. What? What else should we? Uh, oh, you know, someone else wrote in, and they said they were asking you, um, how do you manage it as a top DJ, organizing and curating your own events and promotions? So, like, do you have a team? Are you doing it all yourself? Like, how do yeah. you? How's this all working <laughs> for fully <You> know, focused? <laughs> so. I do have a team now, okay, but I didn't always because you know you know how it goes. You know, I, I once heard that if you want to open a restaurant, you better learn every position, know how to cook, know what, how to work the register, because one night they might all quit on you, and you gotta try <laughs> yeah. to you know till the end of the shift at least. Yes. <laughs> you gotta <laughs> you gotta finish that night. Yeah, that's true. You know, and so I kind of had to do all those things myself. I had to learn yeah. how to make flyers myself, right. and you know, edit videos myself, and do production, and and, and you know, all the, all kinds of stuff and everything to at least know how to run the ship. But the most effective way to have to do it is, is definitely to have a team. Um, and so, but that came much, much later. A lot of stuff I, I, I was doing myself for the longest time and, you know, but just to get by, just to get through. Yeah. But yeah, along the way you recruit people who believe in your vision, but also really good at what they do. They got to be good at what they do because otherwise you'll end up micromanaging them right. and it's like double the work and you're not able to concentrate on the main thing you're there to do, which yeah. is the performance, right? Yeah. That's what people are coming to see. Exactly. Yeah. So. Yeah. You want each person on your team to not have to be micromanaged because at that point, just do it yourself, mm -hmm. you know, exactly. you, and, and they don't want it either, but if they're smart and good at their job, then they're going to do a good job. Absolutely. And that's why they're on your team. Absolutely. And, 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 and helping and, you. And in that team part, it's like, you know, I used to look for skill first, but I look for character first, right? Because you could upskill, you can up character. You cannot up that's, character. That's so true. <laughs> yeah, you're right. When I meet a good person, I know, and that seems smart and hardworking and whatever they're good at, I know they'll probably be good at a lot of other things, right. you know? But the end thing is that they're a good person and that, like you said, they have a good character rather than. I've worked with people probably that have a bad character and they're good at a job, great, but after a while can, I couldn't do it right. anymore. It's you know? a stress. Yeah. It's stress. They come with other agendas or they yeah. come with other, you know, issues and everything. That's and true. it's like, I don't care how talented they were. They were, they were not worth the headache. Even teams trade players who are a headache in the locker room. It's so true. Because it doesn't matter how skilled you are. Yeah, so you're right. I now lead with character first. Like, you know, where, where's your mind, you know, where's your mind, where's your heart, you know, all that kind of stuff. Skill, we can always work on, you know, improving that type yeah. of thing. So once you find it, man, keep those people close and reward them well. And, you know, try to, try to, try to paint a more long-term picture for them to be a part of so that yeah. they see, Oh, you're interested in also my future and my yes. dreams. It's not all about you. You know, right. the same way you don't want anybody who comes up to you and is like, gimme, gimme, gimme. You know, right. like it's just like they people who are offering value is the same thing. It's like you got to be interested in in them because nobody's going to work harder for you on your 
dream. With no ending right? goal and for And also them. with no end, exactly. And so it's like, all right, they have their needs. It's just all you're doing is showing them that this is a place where your needs can be met. But while you're right. doing that, you're also helping me meet my needs. Yeah. Yeah, because they're going to have goals and, and needs and wants that are different from you Absolutely. and different from everyone else. Absolutely. Um, what about, do you have any other like things on the horizon um, as far as your label, the festival, your career, yeah, fully focused gig? For sure, for sure. I think the, the label is what I'm concentrating more on right now. Okay. Um, one, I have my own projects that will be coming out some uh, EPs, albums, mixtapes, a whole lot of things will be coming out. Shout oh. out to, we're actually releasing on the Africa's the Future, we'll be releasing an album oh, of cool. that. Um, as well as a new mix, because a lot of people have been asking for that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then also with my artist, Sophia Nzao, uh, we have a lot of records with some amazing people oh great uh, coming up and, yeah stuff's um, just bubbling for her right for now sure, right? for sure so that's 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 been doing very well so yeah the label is what i'm concentrating more on um as much as possible events will come yeah um, later down the down the down the lane and uh a few other things man that's dope yeah um what about any kind of uh i mean you've already dropped some pretty incredible gems and info and quotes <laughs> you got any other Things on your mind that you'd love to spread to the DJ community, producer community that you think could help them, advice or just ideas or things they should keep in mind? Um, yeah, man, just like as cliche as it sounds, this whole concept of anything is possible is real. Yeah. I mean, I need you to understand that I came from Kenya, East Africa, and we barely had, I didn't know anybody in the entertainment business. When I first came to this country, we were... Uh, we were living on food stamps and canned foods and the clothes I used to wear were from Salvation Army and Goodwill. And there's several Incredible. times where I slept on the floor, you know, when I first started pursuing this and somehow, somewhere between that and being able to, you know, do my own world tours and play in five continents to work with some of the biggest names in the industry, have, you know, amazing partnerships with that just tells you it's not a cliche. I didn't know anybody in the business. I don't come from money. I don't come from influence. I didn't have connections, but somehow, some way God allowed me to get into this place. So whatever it is that it is your dream, I don't care where you come from. You can make it, go for it, go for it. Like we just said, show up, stay focused and nobody else has to believe in you, but you do have to believe in yourself and above all else, keep God first, man. You'll need him along the way. I mean, that might be a good place to end it because that's incredible. <laughs> no, that's the truth. That's all such great messages. And I mean, that's inspirational, you know, hearing you say all that and just envisioning your story and hearing it from beginning to end and not end, but beginning yeah. to now. Um, yeah, I think, you know, that's it's so important for people to realize that. And you made it authentically, mm -hmm. you know, like Absolutely. it's not like you sold your soul or you Absolutely. know did things that you don't believe in you know you're associated with people that you look up to and that you respect and that you want to work with and i think that says a lot about it too so yeah yeah, yeah. i mean I, I, I always wanted i always said that you know i never want to take pictures with celebrities i want to take pictures of clients right <laughs> so by the time you see me take a picture with them they know my work they know what it is that i do and so the always question is what i gotta do to get to that point where this person knows me. Cause like I said, it's not, it's not about who you know, it's about who knows you. Right. So it's like, do the work, do what you got to do. And yes, you know, I never took any 
Dirty Money, all my events, my record labels, I funded 100% for my gigs. Like I would go tour, tour, play, 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 and put money back in it, back in it, yeah. back in it. And I went through ups and downs, whatever it is. But for me, it was always like just believing in. And later on, new partnerships would fall into place. So, yeah, man, it's possible. I love that. Like, it, you're right. It's not all about who you know. It's about who knows you, you know. And same thing. You can tell when people are just trying to get a celebrity picture to, like, mm-hmm. fake it look like something. When it's like, do these people even know who you are? Right. Why? Are you? I mean, yes, yeah, cool to have the picture, you know, for your own world, I guess. But, right. yeah, it's... uh those are important things to understand. There's just such a fine line between everything, you know, like, mm. like you said, the cringy and the clout chasing <laughs> and the, you know, like we were corny. saying before, like being, yeah, being yeah. corny or not, like, and being persistent and being annoying, you know, yeah. and, and showing up or being a stalker, you know, but showing yeah. up and like, you know, in the right way, you know, yeah. and showing up with the right reasons and. Um, and not being cynical also because yes. I can tell you that there are people who I always wanted to work with and somehow I got their contact and would message them and try to get a hold of them for years with, with no response. And when finally things started popping for me, now these people are receptive. I wasn't cynical. I wasn't on some, well, whatever it is. No, because I understand this is an important partnership. Yes. I also was mindful that that person was really busy, probably right. also chasing their other partnerships yeah. and had a hundred other people who are also reaching out about the same thing. What am I going to do that's going to be different that separates me from everyone else? So I'll true. give a quick story. Yeah, when, I, when, um, when I initially, I'd done a radio interview with Akon in 20, 2003. I was on college radio. He was also coming out at that time, of course. Mm-hmm. Fast forward, he becomes one of the biggest artists. I bump into him in a club in 2014. I remind him and I get, and I get his, um, his, um, his number. And it was like, yeah, yeah, cool. Then I sent him. That was right after we had released the first Major Laser mixtape. Yeah. So I sent him that mixtape and he was like, oh, wow, this is fire. This is dope. So he tells me, come to the studio tomorrow in Atlanta. So I go to the studio and everything. And he's over there and he's playing all these records. And you know, these records he was doing and that kind of thing. And I remember walking in that room. I was a new guy in that in that room. Of course, every studio you have, everybody has their crew and everything. And I was there and everybody's having a good time. And after like three hours, I told him, hey, man, I can't stay here too long. I got to go. Got to go handle something. I got something I was you know, yeah. working on and everything. Truth is, I didn't have jack. I didn't have nothing <laughs> going on. But I didn't want him to think I'm there to just write off his celebrity. Right. Right. So let me act like whatever. And I did that. And he invited me like two other times and I always made sure I did that. That's so, interesting. And what happened is by the time I decided to do my festival a year later, when I was calling him, his perception of me was different. This is a serious guy. He's always busy. So yes, he would accept me, you know, my yes. invite to come do this thing. And that's how we ended up becoming business partners in that situation. Every person who was in that room that I remember ended up two years later not being, you know, in that room anymore. Right. Because there are people who are just hanging out. Yeah. Not going anywhere. You see what I'm saying? Oh, 100%. And that's that fine line of showing up. You showed up and you were there and you showed up enough, but you also have your own thing going on. Absolutely. Even if I didn't, I wanted him to think that. No, that's so true. I'm not here for just like what we were saying. We're just trying to hang out with celebrities and and that kind of thing. And that feeds into the thing we were saying with Skrillex where he's like, you're you attract the success you know rather than 
chasing it. Absolutely. You know, that's the clout chasing and that's Absolutely. the like, oh, that's it. Okay. You know, oh, yeah. I'm going to be in the picture and I'm going right. to be in the Instagram video. It's like, no, you know, yeah. make your own lane, make your own stuff to do. And, uh, don't be annoying, but also be helpful and, and there. And Absolutely. that's a great story. Yeah. Um, Thanks. Got any other things you want to no, share man, before we get we out could, of here? We could go on and on, but I think that's it. I <laughs> okay. Re- yeah, I really. You got to fly back to I Nairobi. Do, I do have to fly back. And, uh, <laughs> that's you know, incredible. All that stuff. And so, yeah, Amazing. Man. Well, fully focused. Thank you for being uh, the first guest on the DJ Spider hey, podcast. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> let's go. Let's um, go. Really appreciate it. I mean, this was, I love this episode. I got so much out of it myself. I think people are going to get a lot out of it. And uh, it was so cool getting to know you i'm so excited to hear all the music you're coming out with all the projects and um you know anything we could do to help always here for you you know to help support and stuff so uh we'll see you when you get back or if i make it out there yeah we gotta bring you out to to, to Kenya, one day to africa sometime. i'm down but thank you so much for having me i really enjoyed this conversation and yeah like i said i hope it helps the people and please keep doing what you're doing we need spaces like these for our you know industry peers to know what was what the real deal is yes yes thank you i (laughs) appreciate it all right peace peace and that was the dj spider podcast